guys and girls, welcome to the Built For Anything show. This is our first, that's right, our first ever episode. And we have the man, Dan Reeve, who is funny enough, my coach. He is a guy that is helping me and Matt achieve our Great British Run. I'm going to run through a few, only a few of his achievements, and then we will introduce the man himself. So the one that stands out to me is the Decker Iron Man. This thing is just insane. A grueling 24-mile channel swim, followed by a 1,120-mile cycle, finished with a 262-mile run. I'm exhausted, exhausted just thinking about it. He's also run 10 marathons back-to-back, and that's at, he's now done 21 in total. He's completed in multiple half Ironmans and full Ironmans and holds titles in strongman competitions. I mean, that is one hell of a resume to get going with. So like I say, I'm extremely excited to get this show underway. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while now. And I really want to bring people on that you guys and girls can resonate with um, and also take things away. I don't want you just to listen and go, oh, that was good. I really want, if we can pick up a few a few tips, um, pick their brains apart and find out what it is that, that we can use in our day-to-day lives, then it's an absolute winner. So I will stop speaking. We'll bring on the man himself. Let's go. Let's, let's get into it, mate. So obviously you are the first one on the Built for Anything show. So welcome, by the way, bud. Welcome to it. Thank um, you very much. I've already done a little bit of an introduction anyway and recorded sort of like your 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 achievements are just are just insane. Um, so what I wanted to do today was just go through, get a bit of a background first as to I spoke what your fitness background when you first started getting into into doing endurance events, and then we'll dive into like the Decker Iron Man um, and whatnot after that. But when did you first, obviously you played football at a high level, would you say that was your first introduction into, into fitness? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd always been pretty athletic as a kid, threw myself into pretty much anything, played like every sport that was going really played, played football, played rugby, swam a lot at the same time, uh, like would play cricket, would play tennis. Uh, literally I'd like anything that was going I wanted to be outdoors and like just getting involved in it so yeah I, I was I was always athletic I think I'm relative I've got I've got to say that I'm probably relatively gifted athletically as well as yeah. in as an athlete I can pick up things pretty quickly and put my hand to it and and sort of do it yeah uh, but then I suppose the work the work ethic in terms of just doing things over time I just didn't want to lose and I didn't I I, I just wanted to compete so that's yeah. always been a big driver for me in terms of like doing these things. It's never been about, it's, it's, it's about wanting to beat people initially, but then and now it's more about just wanting to beat myself and explore exactly where, what my body's capable of and just yeah. celebrating the fact that I, I have the opportunity to do these things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of endurance, it was from playing football Yeah. and then like just, what, what just was, training from football perspective, like even on holidays. Like, yeah, go on. Um, what was the first endurance event that can you remember your first ever was it a marathon? Was it a half? What was, what was it that? No, uh, I think I probably did like 10 Ks and 5 Ks as a kid. Yeah, like I competed in 500 meters uh, as a kid, but really probably the first, I never really did any proper uh, endurance work until the Decker Ironman. Yeah. I didn't do any, I didn't, I didn't run any, I didn't, I never ran like a real marathon or a half marathon until yeah. I was in training for that. Wow. So, and how uh, in terms when, of anything else? Yeah. So date wise, when when was the Decker Man? How long ago was that? So that was two thousand and seven. So it was a long time ago now, like fourteen yeah. years ago. 
Yeah. Uh, so since then, I've done lots of different <laughs> other endurance events and things. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's a long time ago now. I went, I went through, obviously I spoke to you about it and I, I, I think again in the na- naivety of just hearing what a Decker Ironman and I explained what it was before I came on and did the introduction. It's, I don't like using the word insane because I think, you know, anything's achievable and this is why we're diving into your mindset with everything. It's, what made you want to do the Decker Ironman in the first place? Well, it was more from the, I, I needed a challenge. Like, unfortunately, the, in 2005, my younger brother passed away from, from leukemia. Yeah. So, uh, from, from a blood cancer, my, my dad, the year before he like decided and threw himself into doing a, a walk to the world cup. So he walked to Germany, yep. uh, for the, for the football world cup. So, and he'd fundraised and raised, raised a lot of money for that. So it was a case of the next year I wanted to then do something to, yeah, to, to, to commemorate that, to, to again, yep. build more awareness for that. And obviously, when you've got a why like that, it's a huge driver. Yeah. But the thing, the thing was for me, it was a case of right. What is the biggest thing I can see to do that is going to draw as much attention to the cause and to yeah. bring like, uh, yeah, attention to the cause, and then yeah, taking it on. And like the, the biggest thing we could find at that time was was a Decariah man. Like this is early days of ultra endurance. There was not like 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 you maybe mentioned or like I've mentioned plenty of times before, there was only one person in the UK who'd done this. Yeah. More, more people at the time had been to space than had done a Decker Ironman. This is long before your Ross Edgley's or anybody yep. else making endurance training like cool. This is yep. long before sort of social, social media was about, but it wasn't huge. Like Facebook was there. There was no Instagram or anything along these lines. So we're doing these things and we're not, the way we raised money was through like just through our own, sort of networks yeah but we got yeah we 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 had nationwide coverage it was we were on the we were on the bbc news we were have being reported upon yeah uh, we're in the we're in the, all of the sort of uh, the papers across the country etc but it was about that was the cause we wanted to yeah. raise awareness for that and that yeah. that for me was that was for me was the only thing so the way we did that was by choosing the decorai man was to find the biggest thing possible yeah, to people and and even like you understand now with with your challenge, most people can't really understand it anyway because they can't really. Most people don't do marathons, let alone doing ten in a ten back to back, let alone ten back to back after doing ten days of hundred miles of cycling after doing twenty four mile swim. So, like they can't really comprehend it from those terms. No. But yeah, the, the awareness was the, the the awareness was the reason, and yep. yeah, and prior to that, it, it was it was the first thing we'd really done, and it was just the biggest thing we could possibly find. Yeah, I think, like I said um, just before our introduction, and said that I want rather than it just to be a chat for for the guys and girls that do listen, that they've they've got something to take away rather than just go, okay, that was a that was a good a good podcast. And I think what Dan's mentioned there, and and I bang on about it all the time with my clients. I'm sure Dan does as well. If you're you need to think about your why. Because if it, if it isn't strong enough, you are not going to be able to achieve what you want to achieve, in my opinion. And Dan, I think, like you say, your, your why was obviously just incredible as to what you achieved there. And I'm sure it, it was, thought you fell back on it and had to use it to grind it all out. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I sort of mentioned it when I do my little spiels on Instagram and when I do my little spiels and stuff, and it's like, you grind back to it like I don't like to use emotion and I don't like to use mm. like 
too much of that too often because I think yeah. there's a there's a time and a place for it when you're feeling really low or dark etc or you're ready to crack or something's going to be really tough then I think that's the time or you want to produce a performance like in the moment of a personal best etc then you've got to call upon those things and there's a time and a place for that but initially if you've got if you've got when you've got a big goal and you need to do it then yeah the why has got to be it has to make the hairs in your back of your neck stand up. It has to make you emotional. It has to draw those things out of you yeah. to push you on to do it because there's going to come a time when you're not going to want to do the training. You're not going to want to do what have you. You're not going to want to do those bits. Or, or if the event such as the thing that we did or like you're doing, it's so long, it's got to be there in the back of your mind to continue to push because you're going to go beyond where most of society will ever go. They will never know. They'll never understand the 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 pain, the suffering, the sacrifice that you're going to make and that you're going to have to put up with, yeah. with what you're doing. Uh, and if your why is not strong enough, then there's no reason for you to do it and you just stop in the end. And it's uh -huh. the same, it's, just, it's the same to a certain extent with people's diets, people's like other goals, etc. Yeah. Like you've got to, you've got to have that in the back of your mind all the time. Mm. And how, <laughs> dare I say, but how did you find it? How was the Decorai man? Was it, was it tougher than what you thought it would be? Was it everything that you thought? It's Did funny because like now we've reflected upon it a long time ago. Hmm. It's one of those things where you've, you've done it and you think, oh, it wasn't that bad. But <laughs> like from looking back at my journals and looking back at like the diary we kept, the diary I kept during it and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it was everything we'd expect it to be and, and more. It was yeah. like the toughest thing we'd do, but but we got through it. Like we, we, we pushed on through. There were some dark times. There were some really hard moments. There was uh, like during the, just during the training, there was, there were hard moments, but during the event itself, there was a crash on the bike on day three could easily have just stopped. Could easily yeah. just called it a day then, uh, but just had to get up and just crack on again. There was days in the, the I did it. I did it with another, with, with another, with a friend and, there were days in the running where he broke down and like we had, we had to walk out a marathon one day because just didn't think it could be done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were, there, there were, there were moments where we, where we didn't think it was possible and where like you're, you're sort of like doubting whether it's possible. And there's loads of times like that, but yep. then you just go back to your core, your core feelings, your, your role, your why, and the, the reason why you're behind why you're doing it. And did you, how long, how long did you give you, you two, uh, the boys, how long did you have to, to train for it? How long did you give yourself? So we trained for about six months, but we were like, we, we say we trained for six months. We trained specifically for six months, Yeah. but general fitness, we were in very, very, very good shape already. Ready. So like we were already like both playing football at a really, really good standard, both pretty strong, yeah. like like could already already had most of the assets that we needed mm. to, to to begin the training program to then specifically work towards the Decker Ironman with about six months to, to go before it. Yeah. So. So yeah, like uh, yeah. it was a it was a big. Well, obviously it's a big thing. Yeah, not many yeah. people not many people can ever will or, or ever will do it in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm when you like. Yeah, cool. I know we, you spoke to me and Matty about the, I mean, and I remember it to this day, I think it was either the first or the second call of, of having something to then go on to after you've done it. I think with the guys and girls that listen, it's like having, having your goal, having an endpoint is great, but 
you you will then have that what now moment of okay i've reached my goal but what what what's next and what was it for you what did you did you set anything for yourself after no this is where like my the experience of going through what we did is like paying off for, for coaching you guys and coaching my clients in the future because subsequently from doing different Ironman afterwards, doing different cycling races and strongman competitions. I've always made sure that I've had something else afterwards yeah. uh, to, because I knew there was going to be a lull because after that Decker Ironman, there was a huge lull. It was the focal point of my life for six months, pretty much took over everything, all consuming, like in terms of your social life, everything else is going on. Yeah. And it's important to make sure that I think going forward and the experience that I have is passing that on to guys like yourselves, like you and Matty, in yeah. terms of what you're doing is, is making sure you've got something to look forward to afterwards and that, that this is not just the pinnacle of your life and that, that it doesn't it doesn't all end afterwards it's there's some there's something else going forward because it will be all consuming it will be yeah. because the the time and the effort and the sacrifice that you're making for it is so so huge that yeah. when you finish it can leave you with a real sort of like 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 massive hole within your life because it's yeah. been so big so it really is important to have something. I, I didn't have that at the time. So it left me pretty like empty for a long, long time. Yeah, the only thing you could describe, I don't, I don't know whether it's a, a good one to describe it to, is almost be someone that is maybe a singer, goes and performs and go and do, does a night and has such a like euphoria of doing something like you, that, that's your high. And then you finish that and, and go home and then you're like, oh, okay, now what? What, what do I do for the next day? That's it, exactly. Yeah. Like I say, I like to, to, to put it into other people as well. It's like, because uh, I spoke to it, my, my wife about it and she, she, had a, she came out with a similar analogy and she was like, it's like being the bride at your wedding where on, the, on, your, on your wedding day, everything is about you. Everyone's looking at you. Everyone will do anything and everything for you. They'll, yeah. be, they'll cater to all your needs. You'll not have to worry about anything. And then everybody's looking at you and like will do anything for you. And then the next day, you've got to do the shopping and you're up to Tesco's and no one gives a fuck to you, the bride, yesterday because he's back to normal life again. And, and basically, you're filling your own cart and you're doing your own whatever. You're doing your washing and everything else. But that's, yeah. that's the same. It's the same thing there. Yeah. But you're like, you've basically been living as the bride for six months or whatever it is <laughs> training-wise because everything's been about you. Everything's been about catering for you. Everything's been about making sure that all of the stuff that you're doing and you're consumed about your wedding or your, like, your event. It's the same thing. Like You've built up so much about it. Like... Yeah uh that that it's all consuming and suddenly it's gone yeah it's like right what's next so you've you've got to you do have to have steps in place like and that's for every goal really again like the way the way we work as trainers and stuff and like obviously yourself you're gonna you're gonna go to that level and obviously i've been there before from 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 numerous different things but we learn from the elites we learn from what goes on in the top levels of science and top levels of sport etc and that filters down to the general population it's the same thing like well, whatever your goal is, if you, when you hit it, if you hit that weight loss and you get to that point where you're you're happy, it's really important to then go right. What's the plan after? How do yeah. you maintain that? How do you continue this? Is it sustainable? Like you've got to put all these things in place to make sure that it's still gonna like work for you and actually real in real life. And you've got your aftercare plan, etc. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I wanted to speak to you about the, the word because I, I again I'm interested to hear your opinion on being selfish because it obviously has a very negative um, thought attached to it. But do, do you feel that in order to reach a goal, and again, I know it does depend on the goal, and, but do you believe that you have to be at some point to be selfish? Yeah. 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 
I don't I don't think I think you can try as hard as you want to to not to not be yeah but I think there'll be certain and like depending on different personality types as well it's going to obviously some people are just generally like <laughs> nicer people if you know what I mean and then then they are more considerate and they are more obliging to other people's needs over their own like we all know the mums and the the mum probably I'd, I'd use the analogy of a mum out there but it could be a dad at the same time as well but yeah. the mum who's always looking after other people rather than herself always caring for everybody else at the same time as well but yeah. when you're taking on that the, the goal to, to to these sort of sizes uh just just in your nature and the, the amount of effort that you're putting in to do your runs to do your work to provide you're the best sort of foundation for yourself in the future to thrive and to hit your goal you're going to take potentially take liberties in certain other areas of your life and yeah. be a bit more selfish of the fact that right okay it's bedtime you're going to turn the lights off and you have yeah. a half still reading and what have you but you've got to go to bed because yeah. you need to sleep and you need to rest or they want to go out for dinner and it's like well i can't really go out for dinner because look i i just I don't want to be put in that scenario with around where potentially I could eat something wrong or I could drink something that's not going to work with me. So yeah. like the support network around you is going to be key. And I think it's, as long as communication is, is good and you're communicating to them, look, and just saying, look, these are the reasons why I feel this way. Mm. Uh, we, you know, this is only going to be for a period of time and you know, you're going to, you're going to have to probably make up for, make up for a lot of these instances in the future yeah uh but as long as that communication is there then i think uh, you can get through it but I, th I think all elite athletes are probably selfish yeah i think it was um i listened to a podcast i think it was it was it dan is it hendry the uh the snooker player uh um, stephen hendry sorry stephen hendry i just want to use dan yeah. i'll chuck your name in there and he, uh, <laughs> he was asked a question so he he got divorced um and was asked would you looking back would you do anything different and he said no he was born to play snooker and that just goes to show, doesn't it, that some people are put on this uh, just to be an athlete, and that is literally it. I thought it was just, it was I think, just interesting yeah. to, to hear. If you, if, if you, I don't know whether he's ever been asked it before, but if you asked Lance Armstrong whether he would take the drugs again, yep. undoubtedly he'd say yes. He probably wouldn't change anything with his life either. Because, again, he's a competitor, he's a winner. All he wants to do was to win, and he was just willing to go as yeah. far as possible to do that now okay is that right probably not mm. but at the time if you looked at it everybody else was doing it anyway yeah he was just another one doing it and he's just his yeah. team were just better at it than everybody else yeah and he was just willing to go and basically as a character seems like a pretty nasty person but he was just so driven to win at all costs that he would happily steamroller over anybody and everybody in his way and yeah. Like as much as that's horrible and like that's not probably not the way you want people to be in life, there's always going to be people like that. There's always going to be. And like I think at the elite levels in business, etc., mm. like people are gonna like, there's no like people think that the world's a nice place and there's not winners and losers, but in every walk of life there's winners and losers. And there's and like you don't get these in life, you don't get like medals for taking part, like at your business. You're not gonna go and go, oh well done, you've You've, you've sort of almost survived this year. Well done. Here's a medal for taking part. Yeah. It's like fucking, if someone can fucking take your business away from you, they will. Yeah. And they, they want to thrive and they want to survive and they want to have better lives. We're, like, if we're not thinking that that's like really, really out there, then I think you, you're, you're being pretty naive in terms of what you think life is. Yeah. So 
like that that nature of it and that, that, that people are born like that there are lots of people who are born to do certain things mm. and they're not they're not going to change in the way they are they that's just what they want to do and that's who they want who they are and what they're going to be and yeah. they're not going to change no no i think like a dive, dive, like when, when people listen to what you've achieved Dan they are gonna they're gonna se- naturally separate you from the norm because it because of what you have done um do you feel that you were born different or do you just think that the fact of, of what happened to your brother that that why there just then got you into then this momentum thing of I'm doing these events I'm gonna carry on doing this type of thing I, th- I think a bit of both mate to be honest with you I think there was for, like Prior to what had happened to my brother, I was already, I'd been a professional footballer. Mm. I was a pretty good athlete. There was a genetical, there was a genetic aspect to it. So, like, we can't, we can't move away from that too much in terms of, uh, like, people in general, like, like, athletes are there. And most of the ones at the very, very top have got some sort of, there's, there's a work ethic there, don't get me wrong. And, like, most of them are going to have to have that. The very, very top ones are going to have the work ethic but they're also going to have that genetic factor at the same time as well. So there probably is a bit of that in there. Yeah. But then when you put some sort of like tragedy in, like you'll find there's a lot of people out there who've gone through similar things to what I've gone through. Like I heard the other day, I didn't know about it because you don't look into it and stuff, but Jack, Jack Grealish had lost his, uh, one of his younger brothers when he was, uh, when he was little right. at the same time. Like he, so he'd lost that. And you'd be surprised at the amount of top sports people who've had some sort of tragedy or yeah. have had some sort of mis- wrongdoing or mis- mishappen. Yeah. Or, no, not mishappen, but something that's like given them another, almost like a chip on their shoulder or an emotional like driver yeah. to just like force through performance and, wo- and work ethic. It's just been drilled into them to think that they're slightly, the world has like wronged them in some sort of way. Therefore, yeah. they're not just not going to quit at the time when normal people potentially who maybe haven't gone through that yeah. do quit yeah so there, there's definitely an aspect there of like to get to those elite levels potentially yet yeah, there's going to be a genetic aspect but then again like when things have happened to you such as like for me but that's happened yeah i've tried to use it as much as i can as a as like a positive thing to impact my life and the way i am yeah that's awesome what when did uh, I, again funny enough it was something that we spoke about previously because there gets to a stage of where you, you like you say enough's enough and, you, and you've done with the endurance events when did when did that end for you when did you think enough's enough i'm not gonna be doing any more deckers or any marathons or have you completely knocked not that type of thing on the head not not completely now because i still enjoy i do still enjoy it and it's like something that like i sort of stand for in terms of wanting to be able to do everything so I still want to be able to do everything. I want to be able to do that for, like, I'm 41 now, but I, I want to be able to do it when I'm 50. I want to be able to do it when I'm 60. I want to be able to do it when I'm 70. I want to be able to do it when I'm 80, if I'm still around, et cetera. Like, this is not something that's, like, the, the bigger, the bigger, the, the, the hugeness of some of these things, are, that takes time. And you've yeah. got to spend years building yourself up to that. Yeah. But in terms of it having some sort of play within my training, within my sort of psyche, it's always going to be there. So yeah. I wouldn't write off doing another big cycling endurance event. Running wise, the body's pretty <laughs> getting pretty, getting pretty fucked. So I have to be a bit more uh, selective. I just have to be selective yeah. with how much I take on in terms of the volume of it. So I just wouldn't do like if I'm going to like in a few weeks time, I've got a swim run, which is a 30 K. It's, it, it it's for eight kilometers of swimming. And it's 30 kilometers of running, like it's broken up over the course. You do short runs, 
short swims, short runs, short swims over the course of like along the coastline down here in Cornwall. Yeah. Uh, so that's still 30k of running. That's still that's still a pretty big challenge. Eight kilometers of swimming is a lot of swimming as well. So there's not yeah. still again, it's a pretty big event. But it probably means that that'll be the one thing that I'll do this year in terms yeah. of big events, and I probably won't do anything else. So. I'll build my training up to it. Then I'll probably stop doing as much running after that and just go back to cycling because it's a lot easier on my body. And yeah. longevity is a big thing for me. So I want to make sure I can continue doing these things for a, for a long time. So I'll pick and I'll be a bit more selective. Yeah. Uh, I'll be a bit more wary <laughs> of doing some of these things. And I'll uh, I'll try and choose the things wisely in terms of what I want. But I, yeah. I'd never say never to any of it in no. terms of competing or, or any, from, from any, or the scale of strength, mm-hmm. endurance, anything really. Coming on, coming on to strength then, Dan, when did you, um, competition-wise, with the strongman stuff, when did you compete? Do you remember your first ever? The first one was in 2015. Yeah. Uh, I just entered on the... I trained uh, a couple of people to do strongman competitions in the gym that I was working at at the time. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of getting involved in the training a little bit, and then I trained my... She wasn't my wife then, but she... Like I trained my wife to do a competition yeah. on the day, on the, the weekend, at that, that, that particular event. And the day after there was the men's competition. And I just, when I, when I went with her that day, I just decided the next day just to enter. So I said, <laughs> right, I'll come back the next day and I'll enter. Yeah. So I'd sort of been, cause I'd been sort of like coaching her up to it. I'd sort of been doing a bit of event training for it. So I knew like where my levels were. It was yeah. an under, I think it was under 95 like weight category so I was like 82 kilos something like that so yeah. I, I wasn't going to win but I was just I, I knew I could lift most of the weights or I could have a, a crack at most of the events yeah so yeah just decided to do it on the day and then from there it was like right okay actually I've enjoyed this let's maybe find my weight class now and compete in my weight class to see how we where, where and how we can go from there yeah and when did you um so that, that's obviously when it started when did you then go on to win the competition so I, so I entered a couple of competitions the year after. I entered like, like a novice one. And then I entered another. Well, I entered one called East Midlands Strongest, which I won that. Yeah. And then I went on to sort of like, and you sort of find within Strongman, like you, you're looking for competitions that the where the weights are just getting heavier to yeah. make sure you're progressing. So I then did one called Commando Temple Strongest, which is in London, and I won that. And then it was like, right, okay, is there a way of like getting to like competing in sort of like the the Britain sort of com- competitions etc. Yeah. So yeah. I found sort of the uh, Britain's Natural Strongest uh, Federation. So I found yeah. that and I just entered their Southern qualifier and they have Southern Northern and then uh, Scottish and Welsh and then they have Britain's final. So 2017 I entered the the Southern's one, finished third, but it meant that I qualified for the final. Yeah. Britain's final uh finished fourth in the Britain's final and then went to the world championships and then finished fifth in the world champ or joint joint fourth in the world championships uh and then the year after I then went back and because I'd moved to Manchester yeah. I then went through the same process but it was the northern qualifier and then I then I won northern northern England's strongest under 80 so yeah that was sort of probably the the biggest win I'd had I'd won a couple previously but 2018 yeah. I won that one and then went to Britain's final again and finished sort of fifth again. So I'd finished in the top five, two years on the trot, finished fourth in the world one year. Yeah. And then, then to be honest, again, similar to with the endurance stuff, I'd got to the point where my body was starting to say to me, 
you've been lifting a lot of heavy stuff like yeah. stones and yokes and like farmers like that when you're lifting multiples of your body weight it has its toll and there's again like i was not 27 anymore which when i did the decor i'm now 37 38 even actually then yeah and it was like actually this is probably like calling your limit and also uh, i i with these things i'm very very open to saying i know my limit mm. i wasn't ever going to win those competitions i wasn't going to win britain's strongest there were guys who were younger who were like i'm six foot and i'm 80 kilos that's tall yeah and very long limb therefore statically i'm never going to be particularly strong from the floor and like etc so there yeah. were guys who were more proportioned and better genetically than what i was i was willing to put the work in and train very train sort of very smartly uh, and use the events that i knew i was going to be very good at and get very good at those things like technically but i knew my limitations so i was sort of there to go i've probably taken this as far as i can uh, yeah. and i'm happy to now move back into doing something different and the year after I did another half Ironman so yeah, I was yeah. back into the endurance side of things again uh, I think that um, that rolls perfectly into being realistic didn't it and I think that's where a lot yeah. of people do struggle I mean again we're, we're here from your end just for, from me with, with chatting to people and obviously having clients and it is just just bit like we set ourselves sometimes up for failure with things like that and, and you could quite easily have said to yourself I'm going to win this yeah and and look what it could look what it could do for you yeah it's yeah but it's like a, it's, it's from from my perspective it was like it was it was going there and like i think and i think that's where you can relate it back to everybody else is like when you're entering a competitions like those i was going there to do my personal best hmm. so if i could do more reps than i'd done before or if i could do a faster time than i'd done before or i could carry something for longer than i'd done before then that was a win for me and if that placed me first then great i win the competition if that placed me fifth then I've still PB'd all my lifts and still done better than what I've ever done before. So yeah. your comparisons yeah. have to be realistic and they have to be to yourself because if you're trying to compare yourself to the elite, then you're probably always going to come up short somewhere. So yeah. it's nice to like, it's nice to have a benchmark against it. And I'm sure we'd all like to set up alongside Usain Bolt and see how far <laughs> we finish behind him. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, your race is not with him. Your race is that when you used to play Mario Kart and you could race your fastest time on the little ghost, your race yeah. is with that ghost, yeah? So that's what you're racing. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to, uh, if anyone listens to this as well, tell, tell me if I'm wrong, but um, Usain Bolt has just had twins. And I kid you not, I, oh, believe, I believe he has called, and again, don't quote me on this, but I, I swear it's true. He has called one of his kids Thunder. Serious? <laughs> Thunderbolt. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and here comes Thunderbolt. It's got to be Thunder and Lightning, surely. Oh, it would just be the best pairing. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be the best pair. Amazing. <laughs> oh, quality. Dan, let's go into, um, just give it, before we finish up, uh, we've got a couple of things that we'll go over, but I suppose for the guys and girls listening that, like I said, we want to take away some some things. Mindset-wise for you, have you got any tips? We, we see it with guys that struggle, whether they've had good weeks. I think that there seems to be a pattern there where um, that head in the sand mentality of, yeah. I've had a bad week, and I'm letting it slip now, and I'm good. That just continues, continues, continues. Have you got any sort of tips as to how to probably get out of a rut? I would suppose it, it's having like for me, and like I reiterate this, and my clients will would have heard this a million times before. But it's it's having a long term plan and a very short term memory. Like your memory's got to be, uh, you just get over whatever it is that's, that you've done, whether it be good or bad. 
yeah. it's done it's the past and the, all that matters is the next thing so all that matters is your next meal all yeah. that matters is your next sleep all that matters is your next training session the one you've done before could be have been the best in, in the world but yeah. to be honest with you all i care about now is your next one because there's no point gloating over the fact you've done something all that matters is your next performance and i think it probably comes back to football it comes back to getting over a bad pass or getting over a mistake because if you can't get over it and it then drags on like you said to yeah. a bad week to a bad month or to yeah. a bad next ball in a, in a football match to then a bad missed tackle to then you conceded to then you're losing and then the team's on a losing run and yeah. then if you don't get out of that rut like you've got to just get back up and get your confidence back straight away as fast as you possibly can have that short-term memory get over it very very quickly whether it's good or bad yeah. don't don't sort of react to it too much and then just just focus on the next thing as fast as possible. Just yeah. just get your next win and build that momentum in terms of getting your wins together, your wins, and just back and back and back them up. Yeah, I think, and again, it, it, again, that just ties back into um, setting realistic expectations at the start. For anyone listening that, that is potentially looking to then start their their journey, I mean, me and Dan obviously know it quite well that most people when they start a program, it's all they want to train five times a week. They'll do everything perfect. It's, it's you're just setting yourself up. Why not be realistic and say I can do three sessions a week? That is that is enough. That is plenty. Yes. Yeah, being sustainable, like it's it, it's all good. And I had a conversation with a guy yesterday saying how I sort of like over the winter he trained really hard, trained sort of five six sessions a week. Weight was sort of flying down. I lost a stone, and then suddenly the sun sun's sun's come out. He's been going out a little bit more, not training quite as often. It was like right from day one like I can I understand people having fits and spurts and I believe in having life cycles where you cycle like periods of intensity with your training and you cycle them back but the point is you need to have that sustainable level that you can that you fall back to all the time like with your habits with your lifestyle with with everything else so like we're never gonna rise the levels of our expectations like like you've just said then in terms of your goals if you're setting if you're setting these crazy expectations you'll always fall back to wherever yeah. your habits and your training, your lifestyle is. So it's important that that base level is where you're happy to be 90, 90% of your life. Yeah. So if you're happy with those levels and that can be sustainable and that can be lived around with your family, with your work commitments, with your social life and everything else, yeah. brilliant. And that's where you want to be. And then you have periods where you've put in fits and spurts in terms of trying to achieve a little bit more or trying to get there. But really that, the rest of your time and most of your time is going to be spent at that that particular level where you're where you where it's sustainable for you long term yeah dan do you tend to um i suppose in, do you tend to reflect much on, on your weeks do you journal do you write stuff down what how do you i have done in the past uh i don't anymore no no like it's something that i did i suppose i did it when i was younger i did it when i was uh finding like finding out who i am and what i stood yeah. for and where i was and what my values were and yeah. like what was important to me i feel like i've i've managed to get to a pretty good place in terms of how i am now and like what what i like what my life's about so i don't feel the need to do it as often anymore i do it sometimes and i like to reflect every now and again at the end of a at the end of a 12-week training block or something or at the end of a goal i'll mm. reflect on what i think's gone well what's gone hasn't gone quite so well or I'll reflect on like how I've been as, as a person, have I been a, like a nice person or have I been a wanker most of the time during it, except, sorry, I've sworn, I've sworn quite a lot during this podcast, but yeah. Uh, so being, being the first one, I don't know if Spotify allows me to, uh, but we'll, we'll yeah. get back on with we'll it. Yeah, it's got a little explicit language in there at the same time. Uh, 
but yeah, it's like it, I suppose it's, I'll, I'll reflect every so often, but I yeah. I don't journal every day. I I will always in the evenings, and I do I do like it. I don't write it down, but I just do it in my head when I go before I go to bed. I'll I'll have a little three things that I've been grateful for that particular yeah. day, and that's just like I'm not just saying oh this is something everyone should do because people think it's airy fairy and stuff. It's just something that I like to do. Yeah. Like it makes me feel better about life. It makes me, my conscience, like uh, just in a good place in terms of when I go to sleep, etc. And yeah. it reminds me that I'm still having an impact with what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do that. But apart from, apart from that, nothing else, mate. Nothing else. And lastly, in terms of meditation, that type of thing, and for the listeners, I think we're about to go off onto something a little bit airy fairy here. What meditation can can mean a number of things. What, I, I would describe it as anything that you can empty your head and your thoughts. Is it? Do you meditate? Do you go for walks? Do you like say obviously you used to journal back in the day? Is a workout enough? What is it that you do? Uh, for me. Again, I did one in 2013. I did a medication as uh, medication. I did a meditation. Uh, yeah, I did medication as well. I did, a, I did a meditation like course for 12 weeks back in 2013. So, uh, and like a couple of, it was a couple of times a week. Like, and from then onwards, I continued it for quite a long time. Mm. Like, I, th I think I phased it out because I felt that I was, like exactly as you said i was getting the reflective time the quieting of the mind in periods when i was either walking or when i was particularly when i'm training because of the the endurance style stuff that i throw in most of the time i take yeah. myself to these meditative states and quiet my mind pretty well and uh have periods where i'm just literally i don't even know where the time's gone and it's just passed and i'm just just been like thinking of nothing yeah like, i i understand the i obviously from doing the doing doing the course and stuff i understand what it's about and it's not what most people think it's not about just uh like you shouldn't be empty yeah exactly yeah. it's not it's yeah. not that it's just finding the, the time for you the quiet yeah. time and i realize that i need that i know that i need that uh yeah. i know that i have to take myself away i'm a bit more of an introverted person i understand that when i finish this podcast this will have exhausted me because i've put quite a lot of yeah like effort into it and stuff and like when i'm training clients and things like I'm not naturally that extroverted type of person where, but I understand I need to bring energy and I need to bring that to the room and to inspire people. You've got to be that way. It's no point being like talking in a, like a really slow, boring tone, et cetera. You need to like uplift the room and like get people going and that, that tires me out. So yeah. I know that I need to take those, the time for myself to have those meditative times to quieten my mind, to, to see where I'm at. And yeah. then also just to sort of switch off and whether that be during exercise, I can still be, because I'm sort of like most of the time it's this very, very easy zone to work where it's not particularly taxing. I can still become quite rejuvenated from it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I should probably change the name of this podcast now and call it the introverts uh, coaches podcast. <laughs> <laughs> People don't, when you listen to this guys, think about what you are as a character and are um, myself as well, an introverted person, whether people <laughs> are probably shocked about that or not, but look at your energy and it does, you know, when you force yourself into doing things, I remember um, when I used to run my boot camps not long ago, it, you, you have to perform. And if you're not naturally an extroverted person, like you say, the energy drain that you have, I would, I would get home and be absolutely, and not even just for, I know this, this may sound dramatic, but the day after, 
yeah. it, it, it does consume. And I think that's another another area that we should probably talk about briefly is just about your energy and what you do to protect it. Because not enough people do, in my opinion. They throw themselves into everything left, right and centre, commit to stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And then yeah. wonder why when it comes to then looking after themselves, they don't have the energy to then focus on doing a workout or focus on looking after their diet. And I think it become it, it comes down to like you're trying not like it doesn't make you a bad person for saying no to things. No. And I think it takes a certain amount of confidence in the end. And I think that's something that I, I definitely would have said yes to a lot of things within my earlier life that I now I definitely say no to because it just it's not for me. Like I've turned down big jobs, like even in the last year or so, and big big opportunities because when it's actually come down to it, when I thought about it, it's it's set me up with like almost anxiety about the situation, about the energy that I would have to bring to perform yeah. in multiple like occasions over and over again to perform different seminars, etc. And I, that's not just not for me. I yeah. can't, like, I'd rather, I'm at a, at a stage now where I don't, I just don't want to have those feelings anymore. I, I'm, I'm not about chasing money. I'm not about chasing these things. I want to, I stand for what I stand for and I am who I am. And I want to be happy and I want to be, not worrying about like putting myself in situations where I'm out of my, I'm not, I don't mind getting out of my comfort zone. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like that's not, it, it, it's a difference between the two now. It's not me second guessing myself saying, Oh, are you, are you saying no to that? Because like, well, you're scared of it. And like, maybe you should say yes, because yeah. it's not about that anymore. It's about actually protecting my energy, protecting yeah. my, my clients and the work that I do do to make sure I can perform the best there rather yeah. than actually taking on too much and then actually just spreading yourself too thin and yeah. spreading yourself too thin across so many different formats, so many different places or, or like different family members or different places, different jobs, like yeah. different social occasions, etc. And then actually realizing you've had no time to yourself and then you're actually just performing really badly everywhere. Yeah. I just, I describe it as uh, imagine that you, you're juggling balls and you've got your, you know, your family, you've got your workouts, you've got your work life, you've got all these balls up in the air. And eventually, if you're spreading yourself too thin, something is is going to give. And I think we say as coaches to, yeah, we like to push people to, to get out of their comfort zone, because that's where they are now. And in order to get the results that you want, you may have to step out of it and do something that, that is not deemed normal for you. But like you say, Dan, you do get to that stage, well, I get to that stage as where I would rather do probably the uh the 30 miles back to back than go on a stage and talk in front of uh <laughs> yeah well, this is it this yeah. this is absolutely it mate and like yeah. there's like you just gotta pick and choose the battles that you want to be in and like pick and choose the areas of your life that are, that are important to you and like you say juggling balls i say spinning plates and yeah. don't get me wrong don't get me wrong like there's going to come a point where we're always trying to look at all those different areas literally that you mentioned earlier and you're always trying to make sure that you've got balance and that they're all still juggling or they're all still spinning. Yeah. Uh, but like sometimes when you want to level up and you want to go to the next level, yeah. you're actually going to have to neglect one of those balls or one of those plates. And you're going to have to let it just be on its own for a period of time. Mm. Like make sure you make sure you've made the people or the area aware that this is what's going to happen. Yeah. But actually, but you, if you want to level up somewhere else, then you're going to have to like have that. that and I call it life cycling. I say that, this is the time when you're just gonna you're gonna have that cycle of where training or your nutrition or your social life is gonna get put on to one side, and it happens with training. If you're working really hard, then you've got to go drop back to those sustainable levels at the same time as well, or you yeah. maybe have to go below that for a short period of time. But 
you can't really moan about it if you're willing to make that sacrifice. You've got to then just go, right, okay, this is this is what I'm prepared to do to yeah. go to that level. Yeah. I think that you just spoke about it again, that, that key word balance, because even as coaches, we're, we're not the, uh, we don't always have it, have it, have it locked down and that we've got the potential. You're not always going to, don't, don't get, you know, when we talk about that reflecting, looking back and going, oh, I never, I never have this balance. I'm never going to get it right. That's that you've still just got to keep moving and keep going on because you might have a bit of balance for a couple of weeks. Even us as coaches, we might feel that we've got it all together for a couple of weeks and then something can, can go horribly wrong and it derails you a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And like you, you're going to only going to get periods of time like that for the short periods, really. And then it's just going to go back to yeah. back up the spout again and all over the place. Like you celebrate it when it's happening and you can, you can look back and you will, you you maybe find that times when you thought you're actually really struggling or times when you thought that like balance was all over the place, when actually in the future, that's actually was a really good time and actually was balanced, quite balanced out in, in retrospect. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, I think, I think, I think balance is, Sought after, but never achieved. Oh, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Dan, just bang. Oh, yes. But I'll tell you what, Dan, something that, that um, I'm going to I'm gonna throw at you as well before we go. So I, I call it the quick fire questions, Dan, right? Cool. These are literally one word. So it's either or. All right. Either or. Either all or. Right, yeah. Right? No, I'm an Anarin. Don't even go, well, I need to think about it. You've you just got to go, go straight through it. All right. And this will give the listeners a chance to get to know Dan a little bit more. I feel like I've got to put on some sort of voice when I'm on here now. Let's just say that I've these these have not been like he has not pre-shown me these, so these my reaction is going to be quite uh random. God knows what's going to come up. I, I know I can't wait. Right, so we're going nice and easy. All right, so cat or dog? Dog. If if he was a cat person, he wouldn't be on it. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Cardio or weights? Weights. Running or cycling? Cycling all day. Westlife or Boyzone? Boyzone. I'm older. Snowboarding or jet skiing? Oh, fuck. Jet skiing, because I can't snowboard. Have you, have you snowboarded? No, but I haven't. I've, I can ski. I ski, so I don't snowboard. So I'm a skier, so therefore I don't like snowboarders. <laughs> so Damn I've got it. jet ski. Damn it. We'll we try that next time, guys. Don't worry. Um, bath or shower? Bath. But uh, Do you know what? This is and there's a good story for you. Go I, love, I love a bath, yeah? Yeah. I absolutely like... I would bath probably two or three times a week because I train pretty hard and I I know the like there's there's recovery benefits, but also the relaxation of it. I love it, yeah. Yeah. I have not had a bath, as in in the house that I've lived in, since 2017, four years. So I used to previously like have literally two or three baths a week, like where I'd lie in there for like an hour, like just yeah. soaking it up. Yeah. And the houses and the flats that we've lived in haven't had a fucking bath since then. Oh, I am, do you know what? I am, I am literally fucking devastated. All I want, every time I go to my parents' house, yeah. it's fucking every night, I have like fucking a, a hot bath for like three hours just trying to make up for the rest of the year. Wow, I think we've uncovered something here, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially as I'm literally, I'm a bath a day, man. So I will literally go to the point where I will even, and again, I'm happy to say it, I'm happy to throw it out there. I will have a candle on. I will get the Spotify playlist of, and this one you All can right. run for free, the cinematic playlist. Chill out. I'll tell you what, it's unbelievable. I've probably shared a little bit too much. I'm not going to lie. Like, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. I would shower. I still shower. I would still shower <laughs> every day and do shower every day, but I'd have a bath as well as that. Dan hasn't cleaned since 2017, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. 
he, he can come back. York or Cole? Oh, Yorkie. Yorkie all day. Steak or ribs? Ribs. Oh, man. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Easy. Beer or wine? Beer. Job done. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> well done, Dan. Quality, mate. We'll end it there. Thank you oh, very much. Let's.